creating a company is almost like having a child. So it's sort of like, how do you say your child should not have food? So one, once you have the company, you have to, to feed it and nurse it, yeah. even if it, it ruins you? Yeah. I think when I was, I don't know, five or six or something, I thought I was insane. It was just strange. Because it was clear that other people did not their mind wasn't exploding with ideas. It was like, hmm, and strange. I don't think, I don't think you'd necessarily want to be me. It's very hard to turn it off. It's like a never-ending explosion, all the time. You've said that this has been the toughest year for you, the most sort of taxing yeah. year for you. Like, why? 22 hours a day, or like what, how many hours? I was working, yeah, so seven days a week, sleeping in the factory. Uh, I worked away from the, I worked in the, I worked in the paint shop, general assembly, body shop. Do you ever worry about yourself imploding? Like it's just yeah, too yeah. much? absolutely. No one should put this many hours into work. This is not good. And people should not work this hard. I'm not, they should not do this. This is too, very painful. Painful in what sense? Uh, it's, it, hurts my, it hurts my brain and my heart. It hurts. This is not recommended for anyone. I just did it because if I didn't do it, then Tesla, good chance Tesla would die. I mean, Tesla really faced a severe uh, thre threat of death uh, due to the Model 3 production ramp. Essentially, the company was bleeding money like crazy, and, and just if, if we didn't solve these problems in a very short period of time, uh, we would die. Uh, and it was extremely difficult to solve them. How close to death did you come? Well, yeah, within single-digit weeks. I mean, when we started Tesla, I thought maybe our chance of success was 10%. Well, I mean, I can tell you my original plan um, was, I thought, okay, I had, I had like $180 million from my percent, my portion of the sale of, of uh, PayPal, and I thought, you know, if I invest half of that uh, in creating these companies, then I still have the other half, which will be fine. Yeah. But of course, that's not how it worked out. We used up all the that the, the you know you invested a hundred million, then still needed more money, uh, and then there was the big recession of two thousand eight and nine. And in the end, I had to invest everything. And um, I was borrowing money from friends to pay the rent. You were on the edge of actually and I didn't even own a house. I didn't think it would be easy. Um, I th like I said, I thought they would probably fail. Um, but you know, like creating a company is almost like having a child. So it's sort of like, how do you say your child should not have food? So one, once you have the company, you have to, to feed it and nurse it yeah. and <laughs> take care of it, of it even if it, it ruins you? Yeah. But uh, suppose I'm, there were some tough times in uh, 2008, end of 2008. How did you get through that? period of crisis. Yeah. Can we just break for a second? Sure, sure. 
think that probably they shouldn't want to be. <laughs> you? It, it, I think it sounds better than it is. Um, not as much fun being me as you'd think. There's definitely, it could be worse for sure, <laughs> but it's, um, I, I, I'm not sure I would, I'm not sure I want to be me. And that's actually been a very difficult journey, I have to say. My priority right now is to try to add some more uh, management uh, bench strength to Tesla in particular, so that um, I can take a vacation. <laughs> you know, in the last 12 years, I've only tried to take a week off twice. The first time I took a, w a week off, the Orbital Sciences rocket exploded and Richard Branson's rocket exploded in that same week. Second time I took a week off, my rocket exploded. <laughs> the lesson here is don't take a week off. Well, when my brother and I were starting our first company, uh, in, instead of getting an apartment, we just rented a, a small office and we slept on the couch. Uh, and we, we showered at the, the YMCA and uh, we're, we're so hot up we had just one computer so the, 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 the website was up during the day uh, and I was coding at night. Seven days a week, all the time. Um, and I, I uh, sort of briefly had a girlfriend in that period and in order to be with me she had to sleep in the office. So uh, work hard like it, it, I mean, every waking hour, that's, that's the, the thing I would, I would say, if, if you, particularly if you're starting a company. Try, trying to build a company and have it succeed is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. I mean, what tends to happen is it's sort of quite exciting for the first several months yeah. of, of starting a company, yeah. and then, then reality sets in, things don't go as well as planned, yeah. customers aren't signing up, mm -hmm. the technology or the product isn't working as well as you thought. Yeah. Um, and. Um, and then that can sometimes be compounded by a recession, um, and, uh, and it can be very, very painful for several years. When you had that third failure in a row, did you think, I need to pack this in? Never. Why not? I don't ever give up. I mean, I'd have to be dead or completely incapacitated. You know, there are American heroes who don't like this idea. Neil Armstrong, Gene Cernan have both testified against commercial spaceflight in the way that you're developing it. And I wonder what you think of that. I was very sad to see that uh, because those guys are, yeah. You know, those guys are heroes of mine, so it's really tough. You know, I, I wish they would come and visit and, and see the hardware that we're doing here. And, and I think that would change their mind. They inspired you to do this, didn't they? Yes. And to see them casting stones in your direction. It's difficult. Did you expect them to cheer you on? So they hoping they would. But there, there are a lot of negative things in the world. There's a lot of terrible things that are happening all over the world, all the time. Uh, there are lots of problems that need to get solved. There's lots of things that are, yeah, that are miserable and kind of get you down. But that life cannot just be about solving one miserable problem after another. Can't, that can't be the only thing. There need, to be, there need to be things that inspire you, that make you glad to, be, to wake up in the morning and be part of humanity.
That's why we did this. Sometimes people come to me and say, I want to start a company. And I say, why? They say, oh, I want to make lots of money. I say, forget it. That's not a good enough reason. You will not, most likely you will not succeed. Most people that have started companies because they want to make lots of money, I haven't seen very many of those succeed. Um, the ones that succeed are people that come, sometimes they don't even want to start a company. They just have an idea that they want to get out, express out into the world. And oftentimes they have to start a company because nobody else will listen to them. The, the most important thing, though, I think, is that if you're going to start something new, you have to feel passionate about it because it's really hard. It's so hard to start a company. You have to work so hard that if you're not passionate about it, you'll give up. Mm -hmm. And um, most of the difference between people that succeed and people that don't is the people that don't give up. They give up sooner than the people that succeed. And um, you have to be passionate about it because it's so difficult. People say, you, you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing and it's totally true and the reason is uh, is because it's so hard that if you don't any rational person would give up it's really hard and you have to do it over a sustained period of time so if you don't love it if you're not having fun doing it you don't really love it you're gonna give up and that's what happens to most people actually if you really look at at the ones that uh, ended up you know, being successful, unquote, in the eyes of society and the ones that didn't. Oftentimes, it, it's the ones that are successful loved what they did so they could persevere when, you know, when it got really tough. And, and the ones that, that didn't love it quit because they're sane, right? Who would want to put up with this stuff if you don't love it? So it's a lot of hard work and, and it's a lot of worrying constantly. And uh, um, if you don't love it, you're going to fail. So you got to love it. You got to have passion. I'm convinced that about half of what separates the successful entrepreneurs from the non-successful ones is pure perseverance. It is so hard. You pour so much of your life into this thing. There are such rough moments in time that most people give up. I don't blame them. I mean, it's really tough. And it consumes your life. I mean, if, you're, if you've got a family and you're in the early days of a company, it's, I can't imagine how one could do it. I'm sure it's, it's been done. but. It's rough, I mean, because it's a pretty much, a, you know, an 18-hour-a-day job, seven days a week for a while. So, unless you have a lot of passion about this, you're going to not survive. You're going to give it up. So you got to have an idea, of, and a, or a, a problem, or a, a, a wrong that you want to right that you're passionate about. Otherwise, you're not going to have the perseverance to stick it through. We went through that stage in Apple where we went out and we thought, oh, we're going to be a big company, let's hire professional management. We went out and hired a bunch of professional management. It didn't work at all. Most of them were bozos. They, they knew how to manage, but they didn't know how to do anything. And so if you're a great person, why do you want to work for somebody that you can't learn anything from? And you know what's interesting? You know who the best managers are? They're the great individual contributors who never, ever want to be a manager but decide they have to be a manager because all, every, no one else is going to be able to do as good a job as them. The greatest people are self-managing. They don't need to be managed. You, if they know what, if, once they know what to do, they'll go figure out how to do it. They don't need to be managed at all. What they need is a common vision, and that's what leadership is. What leadership is is having a vision, being able to articulate that so the people around you can understand it, and 
getting a consensus on a common vision. We wanted people that were insanely great at what they did, but were, were not necessarily those seasoned professionals, but who had on at the tips of their fingers and in their passion, the latest understanding of where technology was and what we could do with that technology and who wanted to bring that to, to lots of people. So the neatest thing that happens is when you get a core group of, uh, you know, 10 great people, they, it becomes self-policing as to who they let into that group. So I consider the most important job of someone uh, like myself is recruiting. My model of business is the Beatles. You know, they were four very talented guys who, who kept each other's kind of negative tendencies in check. Uh, they balanced each other, and, and, and the sum was greater than, uh, the, the total was greater than the sum of the parts. And that's how I see business. You know, great, great things in business are never done by one person. They're done by a, they're done by a team of people. And, and we've got that here at Pixar. Um, and we've got that at Apple as well. And so that's, that's what lets me do this. Well, you know, with the Beatles, when they were together, uh, they did truly brilliant, innovative work. And when they split up, they did good work, but it was, it, 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 it was never the same. And I, I see business that way too. It's really always a team. You have to have an extraordinary team because these are, these are, um, you're trying to climb a mountain with a whole party of people. A lot of stuff to bring up the mountain. So one person can't do it. Everybody working at a company wants to do something great. Mm -hmm. They want to be excited about what they're working on. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they want to be recognized for it uh, when, if they do a really great job. So we just try to allow people to do the best work of their lives. You know, we try to hire really smart people, but we have a very simple organization, mm -hmm. and we try to focus and do very few things well. And focusing's hard, because focusing doesn't mean saying yes, it means saying no. So we, say, we, we decide not to do a lot of things, so we can focus on a few handfuls of things and do them well. That's an incredible feeling to know that you had something to do with it, A, and B, to know it can be done, to know that you can plant something in the world and it'll grow and, and change the world ever so slightly. There needs to be someone who is sort of the um, keeper and reiterator of the vision uh, because there's just a ton of work to do. And a lot of times, you know, when you have to walk a thousand miles and you take the first step, it looks like a long ways. And it really helps if there's someone there saying, well, we're one step closer, you know, that the goal definitely exists. It's not just a mirage out there. So in a thousand and one little and sometimes larger ways, the vision needs to be reiterated. I do that a lot. One of the things I've always found is that you've got to start with the customer experience and work backwards to the technology. You can't start with the technology and try to figure out where you're going to try to sell it. And as we have tried to come up with a strategy and a vision for Apple, it started with what incredible benefits can we give to the customer? Where can we take the customer? Not, not starting with, let's sit down with the engineers and figure out what awesome technology we have and then how are we going to market that. And I think that's the right path to take. Uh, I remember with the laser writer, we built the world's first small laser printers, you know, and there was awesome technology in that box. We had the first Canon laser printing, cheap laser printing engine in the world in the United States here. 
at Apple. We had a very wonderful printer controller that we designed. We had Adobe's PostScript software in there. We had Apple Talk in there. Just awesome technology in the box. And I remember seeing the first uh, printout come out of it and just picking it up and looking at it and thinking, you know, we can sell this. Because you don't have to know anything about what's in that box. All we have to do is hold this up and go, do you want this? And if you can remember back to 1984 before laser printers, it was pretty startling to see that. People went, whoa. Yes.